Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. A retired U.S. Lieutenant Colonel, Kevin Randall has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. Kevin has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases in the world and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs. Considered one of the leading experts into the Roswell UFO crash of 1947, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st century. Now, here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. And as you all know, this is in fact A Different Perspective, and I am Kevin Randall. I will be jo joined, John, I'll be joined in just a moment with John Greenwald. I have a couple of housekeeping things I want to take care of first. Uh, last week I mentioned that we weren't going to be doing any more of the special reports. And I'd been doing those on a um, hit and miss basis. Uh, fortunately, Rob had let me get away with that for a number of months. And I realized uh, that I was doing them now basically once a week again. So I thought it best to get rid of the uh, special reports and move into what I now think of season two. And this will be show number one. And the first guest, of course, on season two will be John Greenwald in just a moment. Second thing is I always try to uh, disguise the fact of, of when we're doing the program, when it's actually uh, being recorded. I don't know why. It's just something that I've always done. But I wanted to mention today is April 24th, which is a big deal in ufology. And that was the it's the anniversary of the landing in Socorro, New Mexico, which allows me to also point out I've done an analysis and an in-depth study of the Socorro case, and it was called uh, Encounter in the Desert. So those of you who are interested in learning a lot about what happened in Socorro with Lonnie Zamora and that landing case, take a look at the book, which you can find on the various platforms. Second of all, the reason I can remember my niece's birthday, Brianna Strong, 
It's because it's today, April 24. So I can associate the two things that way. And uh, I'm sure she's delighted to know that that's how I remember her birthday. But anyway, happy birthday, Brianna, wherever you are at the moment. As I mentioned, I am going to be joined here momentarily by John Greenwald, who is best known as the creator of the Black Vault, which is a website that houses thousands and thousands of UFO-related documents obtained through FOIA from a wide variety of government agencies. And he began this when he was a teenager, because if you file a FOIA request, the recipient doesn't know how old you are and is required by law to respond. He has been the master of ceremonies at many UFO conferences and symposiums in recent years, and he is one of the leaders of the UFO community. His new book is called Inside the Black Vault, The Government's UFO Secrets Revealed. It takes us on a journey through the secret world of unidentified aerial phenomenon, which is the new way of saying UFOs, that has plagued the government since the 1940s. Declassified records prove that UFOs are one of the most highly classified subjects in the government. What makes the book interesting is the journey that John took in his efforts to retrieve the documents from the various government agencies using his expertise in FOIA. John Greenwald, welcome to season two, episode one of A Different Perspective. Wow, I'm honored to be here. I hope I live up to that introduction. Thank you. I'm sure you won't, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right, too. <laughs> I can say those sorts of things because I know John, so he knows that I'm just kidding with him. No, it's one of the f more fun I've had on uh, radio programs is whenever I get to appear on your show. That's always kind of a nice, uh, a nice change. Well, I tried to take everything less than seriously because I was serious once and I didn't like it. Yeah, that's a no fun. That's for the birds anyway. Uh, let me uh, let me start off with the usual inane question that I'm sure everybody asks you. Why write, write the book? You know, I, I felt that now after 22 years of being involved with the research, but on top of that, just trying to hammer the government for, for answers and getting documents that in some cases and arguably even many cases have never been out before. And I think the case is proven to uh, say that this is one of the biggest cover-ups that you can prove. Right? I believe that the, the evidence is overwhelming. And I think now's the time to just put the case out there and say, okay, look, the content is amazing in itself. The documents are fantastic. But on top of that, the journey to get them, as you had mentioned, is something that is very dear to me uh, because I lived it and I went through it. And some of those experiences seeing, not again, not related to the documents, but the experience getting the documents is more pieces are more pieces to the puzzle that prove the cover up. So that was my intent with the book. I was approached by Roman and Littlefield, uh, which is an amazing publishing company in their own right. They, they they are not known as like a UFO publishing company or anything like that. They have uh, a, an enormous amount of titles. Uh, so they're very well known. And they had approached me about doing this. And I thought, uh, you know, OK, <laughs> I mean, I had written a book before, but this was definitely going to be a big undertaking. And uh, but I but I did feel it was time. It was a, an idea that I was toying with. And here we are a couple of years after that contract was uh, signed, about a year and a half after it was signed. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm proud of the end result. I mean, the 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 book is really that culmination of 22 plus years and my experience. And I'm just kind of laying it all out there for others to digest. Well, I will note one thing. And I've had a number of guests on the program, especially in recent months who have books out, but they all seem to be self-published. I can't find the publisher anywhere, or it's, it yeah. turns out to be a vanity press. But this is a legitimate book from a legitimate pu publisher. Yeah, well, th yeah th thank you. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong, I will say, with, with self-publishing, but it, it, adds, um, it adds a bit of, of credibility, I want to say, just simply because the publishing company that I'm working with, and I'm not just saying this because they published my book, but what what I truly, truly mean is that they have really backed and supported this and they they believe in it. I mean, that they, they saw my original proposal that they had asked for and obviously they uh, wanted to move forward with it. Uh, but they support this, you know, that this isn't a book that is forced into a uh, self-publishing realm just simply because, again, fill in the blank. There's nothing wrong with the self-published, but it was something that a big company wanted to back. And that was very motivating for me. Because I'm, you know, I'm an insecure person deep down. I don't like to talk about it that much, but I, you know, I'm insecure. It's like, well, if I write something, 10 pages or a thousand pages, who the heck is going to read it and who cares, you know? 
And so for them to back it, it was very motivating for me to to really dig in my archive. And I will say that there were documents that I had not seen in 15 plus years that I was digging out of my filing cabinets. I still have every single page that the U.S. government, U.S. military has sent me in the last 22 years. Uh, obviously, going to an electronic format has been incredibly helpful. Uh, that way, my wife doesn't throw me out of the house. But I do have all those paper copies. And going back is is an amazing thing for me, just remembering that I was in high school when I was doing some of these FOIA requests and seeing the actual documents that came in. It was it was a lot of fun for me on on many different levels. Well, you, you caused me to think of many, many comments here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, no, afraid. I'm, I'm, no, I'm I think I'm it's thinking, a family program, so careful, Kevin. I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of uh, when I started writing books, and I, I started writing uh, action-adventure books. I mean, that was they came to me and said, can you write a book about the Green Berets? And I'm thinking, of course I can. And if he'd come to me and said, can you write a book about nurses? I would have said, yes, of course I can. Yeah. I wanted to be a writer. So that that was the inspiration. But my father said to me one day, when are you going to write a real book? Because all of the books had been paperbacks. Mm -hmm. You might know when I was going to write a real book. I'm thinking, what do you mean a real book? If <laughs> this is a real book, you know, that kind of thing. And and it, I, the point simply is there's a the level of snobbiness, snobbishness that goes on with this. You know, did you write a paperback book? Did you write a trade paperback book? Is it hardbound? Did mm -hmm. you uh, did you publish it yourourself? Did you go to a vanity press? You know, how did and, and there's all these layers that go on. And in the end, it's really how good is the book? Yeah. What is it's the information in the book? And is the book reliable? And and of course, with your stuff, I always think it's reliable because I've known you for years and I know the, the kind of research that you've done. The other comment I wanted to make was the same thing that, that I, I discovered, too, is I've, I've been doing a book called um, The Best of Project Blue Book. Mm -hmm. going back and looking at the Blue Book files and going through my files on this stuff. And I was finding stuff I didn't remember I had or the, yeah. remember that I had created or uh, documents that I had. And I, I found an interview um, I'd conducted with uh, Louis Fournay, who was the uh, Pentagon liaison officer for UFOs in the 1950s, and that he had been in the um, uh, the radar room during the Washington Nationals. So he was there and I was reading over the interview. He said, he said, and he was telling me some incredible things about what was going on there. And so, you know, I, of course, said, yeah, I got to put that all in the book. So, you know, that was kind of an interesting thing as well. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply, stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States can not read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323 3232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun going back in the archives. It really is. And when you're around the block long enough, and I'm not speaking for you on this, I'm speaking for me because I've been feeling old lately, but after 22 years, you amass an awful lot and the human brain can't keep it all you know, in the forefront of your mind. And so going through some of that stuff, it's an, it's an amazing journey. And that's, that's what I wanted to bring out in, in this book. Well, I, you know, the, the, since you're talking about FOIA and that sort of thing, uh, in the last several years, and it started under the Obama administration and seems to have continued under Trump as well, but I've had a lot of trouble with the FOIA. Um, yeah. they, uh, uh, you know, I, I, um, went to the archives in St. Louis to get some records. And they said, well, you've got to send us $8 and 30 cents yeah. to get the record. And I said, okay. And I sent them the $8 and 30 cents. And the response was, you need to send us $8 and 30 cents before we can be begin the search. <laughs> um, and I'm going to have to take a break here. So I'll, I'll, I'll carry on with that thought when we come back about, have you noticed that sort of thing as well as you um, move forward? Um, the website for you is what? www inside the black vault, all one word, all caps. Uh, inside the black vault, yeah, caps doesn't matter, but inside the okay. black vault.com is about the book and then the okay. black vault. 
Com is the, is the website itself. I was going to get with, get to that. Um, and of course, my blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And I got a new feature coming up on that that I'm, I want. Well, you actually, John, you're the first recipient of that. So you'll know about it here in a moment. Uh, but we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about trouble with FOIA and some of the other things that have been going on with UFOs in the very recent uh, past here and where we're going to go in the future. We will be back with John Greenwald right after this, so stick around. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. I am joined by John Greenwald. He of uh, Black Vault fame. And the book is, of course, Inside the Black Vault. And you can find uh, information about it at www.insidetheblackvault.com. And his regular web website, of course, is www.theblackvault.com. When we went away, I had uh, brought up the topic of FOIA and how um, it seems that the FOIA requests are slower in coming and they've got all kinds of caveats on it now and they just uh, don't seem to respond the way they used to, at least to, to my way of thinking. So the question is, of course, John, did you, uh, you have the same kind of problem? Yeah, and I try and look at it a couple different ways. Uh, our, pro our problems on the trend of growing, I kind of would argue yes, but it's not really for the reasons you might believe, in, in my opinion. I think some of these agencies are just getting inundated by FOIA requests, um, not only by myself, but I do file quite a bit. But but really, it's open to the world. So people all around the world are filing. So some of the bigger names, uh, the agencies that you hear about all the time, the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, those big guys, that they, they receive thousands of requests every year. So as as problematic as it seems, and it is a growing problem, I try to appreciate the burden that they are under with people like me that just request information and and really don't take their company line because I think the FOIA, although I'm a big advocate for saying that it works, there are some shortcomings and the delay is definitely one of those shortcomings that you have to uh, just be patient with, sadly. Well, in the book, you mentioned that you had tried to FOIA documents from Wright-Patterson about Project Sign and Grudge. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the response was they didn't have anything. And then later on, they dumped a whole bunch of documents. What, what's the story there? 
Yeah, and this was this was a very interesting aspect because under the law, because some people might say, well, they maybe just didn't search good enough. Well, under the law, they have to search good enough. And what I had done was request uh, information on UFOs, including Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book. Now, this was in the early days of, of me filing FOIAs and learning what I call in the book the company line. And the company line is, again, what I would define as the stance on what the U.S. government and the military wants you to believe. Part of that company line is the fact that all UFO information, and they stress in many of their documents, all UFO information, which includes Grudge, Sign, and Project Blue Book, their own investigation, was transferred to the National Archives. So they gave me what's called a no-records response, and uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. They did a what they call exhaustive search, and they found nothing. But again, they gave me their company line that everything was in the National Archives. Fast forward, I, I think it was a couple of years, and I was reading a small article that was in UFO magazine uh, by uh, the Bill Burns version of UFO magazine. And it was a very short, uh, not even a quarter of a page block that said that, that uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base had released about 1,000 pages on Project Sign and Project Grudge and UFOs. And the guy that, that had commented in this little blurb was the same one that signed my, my, my letter under FOIA that says we did an exhaustive search and found nothing. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but from a legal standpoint, it actually is. Because when you say or claim that you do an exhaustive search, uh, you have to do that exhaustive search. I mean, that's what the FOIA is supposed to do. So that's one example that shows that agencies will say one thing but aren't necessarily doing what they're saying. And uh, I ended up getting those documents, and since then I was told they were transferred over to the National Archives. But again, it really gave me an insight very early on using the FOIA that what they say is not necessarily what really happened. Well, I know I was searching from do some documents from the Air Force, and uh, I had sent the FOIA request to Maxwell Air Force Base because that's where Blue Book was housed at the time. And they said, no, we've sent it to the National Archives. So I FOIA the National Archives, and they said, no, it, uh, that's held at Maxwell Air Force Base. So I'd come full circle. I went back to Maxwell Air Force Base, and they said, no, it's all been transferred. And I went back to the National Archives, and they said, you can get it from the government printing office. No. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, what am I going to get from the government printing office that deals with FOIA? And, of course, it was uh, the Air Force's big, fat, a Roswell report is what they were yeah. referring to, but they never did answer my question. I just got a runaround that took about two, two and a half years to get through to, to get an answer that was virtually useless. I, I'm sure you've had trouble like that as well. Yeah, well, two and a half years, that's not a long wait. <laughs> my, my, my record's 14 and a half, uh, 14 and a half years for a document to come. That's insane. Um, but of course, I'm being facetious. That's where the problem is with FOIA. And you uh, and two things with what you just said, the time frame that it takes to get a straight answer uh, and the lack of a straight answer. And a lot of times you see that. And I just struggled with the CIA unrelated to UFOs it was all about mind control. And the documents went viral last year. But I bring up the story because it really shows the lengths that the government will go to to not answer your question. Now, in fairness to them, and I hate to be fair in this regard, the FOIA does not require them to answer any questions. So in other words, you have to find ways to request information to get your question answered without specifically asking a question, if that makes sense. And so trying to clarify and, and, uh, and, and get the documents or find out where they are is problematic and it stretches far beyond UFOs. But not to just completely bash the FOIA, on the opposite end, I'm a big advocate that if you've got the patience, uh, use it and and go after documents. And uh, the, the, not only am I trying to toot the, the book's horn, but what I tried to accomplish with, with the book is to show that the FOIA works, that you can get these nuggets of information. And I'm not talking about five or six pages. I'm talking about thousands, collectively thousands of pages throughout these intelligence agencies and throughout these uh, military branches of UFO records that should not exist if you listen to the company line. And going back to that story about Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, what they say is not necessarily what the reality is. And so in the book, I start off with the company line saying, hey, look, this is what the government military wants you to believe. And then I go into, the, into using only what they gave me under FOIA. That's it. No leaked documents, 
no something that somebody handed me in a dark alley somewhere. These are all documents that they gave me through the Freedom of Information Act. And in the end, in my opinion, that company line is completely destroyed. So as many shortcomings as there are about FOIA, I do want to say and, and be an advocate for it, that if you if you push hard enough, you will absolutely get astounding results. I once FOIAed something from Wright Pat not Wright Patterson uh, uh, White Sands Missile Range. Mm -hmm. I gave him the name of the document. I gave him the <laughs> author of the document. I told him when it was published, and they wrote back and said, um, "We can't help you without more information." Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, what do you want? The title page? Yeah, they want you to find it somehow. Well, I, I, I mean, what more can I tell them? I gave them the name, I gave them the date, I gave them the author. Yeah, and that wasn't enough information. I, I mean, and, and that struck me as just a way of, of, of blowing off the request. Yeah, and and I would say that this does not apply to you. However, what I would say is to the majority of FOIA requesters, the moment they were to see that, and see that type of response, they would give up. They'd say, you know what, forget it. I don't, I don't even care. You know, and I think that that's what the government wants, and that's part of the game. And I wrestled with that as, as a teenager early, early on. I thought, well, this is really frustrating. Like, why do I care? What am I going to keep doing? Uh, so let's just give up. You know, I mean, they're not answering or they're giving me the runaround. And, uh, and I thought to myself, uh, even in, in high school, I thought if there is a cover-up, now I'm convinced, but if there is a cover-up and there is a conspiracy – this is exactly what they want me to do. So just, you know, stick around and, and go for it. You know, just keep pushing for those records. And that's what I decided early on. And here we are 22 years later, and I'm a heck of a lot older. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still pushing for those answers. And a lot of answers have come my way, but I've continued to push. But going back to your story, I would venture a guess that the majority of FOIA requesters would just turn around, walk away, which is exactly what they want the majority of people to do. Stop asking questions. This is what you're supposed to believe. Now believe it and go away. Well, I think on the other side of the coin, I should make the point about FOIA. I know that Robert Todd was a great advocate of FOIA. Mm -hmm. And he had FOIAed some information from, uh, I think, the Department of State. And they dumped a whole bunch of documents on it. And by by doing that, it, they inadvertently exposed Project Moondust. Yeah. Nobody had heard of Moondust. Nobody had a clue that Moondust existed. And the funny thing is there's references to Moondust in the Project Blue Book files, if anybody had been carefully reading all the 12,000 cases. So I found four, four that were labeled Moondust. But without the FOIA process and without him making the request, we wouldn't have discovered that Moondust existed, which was a, uh, uh, for those who don't know, was, was a government program to... Um, to, to retrieve information about uh, objects returning space debris of foreign manufacturer, unknown origin. And of course, unknown origin was the UFO component. I had a problem putting that together in my mind there. But I no, think well, that, yeah, and that's an interesting topic. But you, but I think you nailed it with that. The FOIA sometimes inadvertently produces results that you don't expect. And Robert Todd, who I didn't really know personally, I had a run-in, <laughs> which is a story in itself, uh, with him uh, many moons ago before he passed away. But he's one of the very few actual na human names that I mentioned in the book, uh, because he does deserve credit for not only that find, but a, but quite a few others. Uh, but it's the FOIA that brought it out. And, well, uh, and, and Moondust is a fascinating topic in itself. Todd was a very uh, nasty person. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> uh, he's dead. It, my my run-in wasn't pleasant. I'll say that. We can say that because he's dead and he can't sue us. So we can <laughs> we can say that. Yeah. When we come back here in just a moment, I want to talk to you a little bit about Rob Mercer and the Blue Book Files and how all that came about. Because I know you mentioned that in the book, and I've talked to uh, Rob Mercer on the program. Yeah. But I think that's a fascinating story, and we need to go a, a bit more into that. The uh, book, of course, is Inside the Black Vault. The government's UFO secrets revealed, and you can find that at www.insidetheblackvault.com. And of course, the website is www.theblackvault.com, where there's a lot of information. And I would be hesitant not to say it, but you've got to take a look at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com because there's a lot of good information buried in there as well. And uh, take a look at, because it's April 24th, take a look at uh, Encounters in the Desert about the Socorro UFO landing. I will be back with John Greenwald in just a moment, so stick around.
are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jennings, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. I just feel like listening to the bumper music, but that doesn't seem to work. I don't know. I am joined by John Greenwald, he of the Black Vault, and the book Inside the Black Vault, The Government's UFO Secrets Revealed. When we went away, I had brought up Rob Mercer, whom he mentions in the Black Vault, and uh, the Project Blue Book files. I know we've talked a little bit about that. And Carmen Murano, who I think technically was the last chief of Project Blue Book, he was the officer responsible for closing the things out uh, after... Quintanella had left. Uh, you talk about Rob Mar 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 Rob Mercer in the book. Um, I do, yeah. yeah fill, fill us in on that. Yeah, it's an amazing story. It's one of my favorites in 22 years. I was researching a. I work in television as a as a producer, and we were working on a show wherein I learned about Rob's story, and uh, the show itself was touching Project Blue Book, and I had learned about Rob's story, which in a nutshell talked about a UFO investigator from Ohio that had stumbled upon a Craigslist ad that he, he, he would frequently search Craigslist and, and similar websites for people selling UFO memorabilia or just to kind of see what he, he could find. And he came across a listing for a, bo a couple boxes of Project Blue Book documents, original, that somebody had found in their garage. So fast forward, he went and, and picked up these things and um, kind of the nutshell version of the story after he started researching it and he purchased those boxes was that the home was recently sold by a what was believed to be a retired Air Force uh, officer, but they weren't sure who. And Rob, being a great investigator, went in and, and tracked down this Lieutenant Carmen Murano. 
And uh, I guess he called him uh, one day and introduced himself. And apparently the people that had purchased his home, he had accidentally left this stuff behind or maybe not accident. He just didn't want it. Who knows? And so Rob and him start talking. And uh, uh, Lieutenant Morano Mur- um, said, well, I've got I've got more. I've got some more boxes. And and Rob ended up securing uh, from uh, Lieutenant Carmen Morano the, the the remaining boxes of what he had taken from the Project Blue Book offices back in late 1969, early 1970, when it all shut down. And we should, we should point out that the material that Morano saved was not classified. Correct. Anyway. Yeah. Nor 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 was it theft. Uh, that I also want to make that clear. There was nothing bad behind uh, any of the intent here. It was all slated for the trash. It was all marked to be put in the dumpster. Uh, and so he took a souvenir. And, and again, not classified. Uh, there was no indication there was any classification. Uh, the well, only... I, I, let me interrupt here because I don't sure. think souvenir, souvenir is the, the correct word. I, in talking to him, it, it became clear that mm-hmm. he thought the stuff shouldn't be destroyed, that somebody should have it, some, something good should come from it. So he took it home with the idea of reviewing the material and doing something with it. He just never got around to it. I got so you. When, when Mercer showed up on the scene, he was glad to give it to somebody who was interested in the topic. So uh, Morano saved the material because he didn't think it should be destroyed. Yeah, and, and, and souvenir was a bad word. Yes. I didn't, I, I didn't quite mean to insinuate that he was just, you know, taking a token home, but he, he obviously wanted to salvage it from the trash. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that's what he did. And decades later... Uh, got it to Rob's hand, who who he's the one that's uh, that I want to credit for not only getting the documents, but working tirelessly to digitize everything. So I'd reached out to Rob for the show that I was working on, introduced myself, uh, and that's how he and I met. And so I said, hey, what are you doing with the documents? He said he put some online, uh, but his website, he was thinking about maybe bringing it down. Or he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. So I said, hey, look, I, I, my all of my resources are yours. I will do whatever to help you preserve this and and put it uh, put it online, you know, with full credit to you. So he and I started working together, and I wasn't sure what to expect because I had not seen it. I saw a few things, and so he starts saying, "Okay, well, I'll finish." This is motivating for me to start, you know, finish up the scanning. He had started, but he had not finished it. And I started seeing these documents, and I was fairly familiar with the Project Blue Book collection. I mean, obviously there are tens of thousands of pages, so you can't really be in tune with everything, but I knew some of this stuff had never been seen before. And it really gave an inside look on project blue book as a quote unquote investigation, again, part of the company line. And I'll bring up one that really, really stuck out to me, which were two investigations that were done in Florida and the ranking uh, air force officer who was tasked to go investigate a military personnel sighting. There were two airmen, uh, I believe, with the, uh, the, the Air Force. And he, he was so, bl- it was so blatant on how uh, he did, the, the ranking officer approached the investigation and how he did not care about it, even called the airmen, the UFO witnesses, imbeciles and jerks in the title of this official report. Now, needless to say, it was never found in the official Blue Book files that I've ever seen, meaning that they probably cherry-picked a few or maybe arguably a lot of them out of the official files because uh, as the years progressed, I'm sure somebody there, even though the FOIA was not in you know full force as it is now, I believe it wasn't even passed until, uh, I forget the exact date, but, but around the late 60s and early 70s were the early budding stages. It's gone through a lot of different stages, but you know, that wasn't really a thought on people's mind, especially in the military and government, that someday the public would access this. But I think that by looking uh, for that specific document inside the official files and not finding it, but seeing that it is definitely real, the the lineage of it, you know, all tr- traces out, it, it tracks back. There's, there's no question in my mind that they're not legitimate. But my whole point is, is that there are things missing in the Blue Book files, uh, using this as a prime example, that show that there are certain things that they did not want out. So obviously this was embarrassing because it showed the approach that they were calling airmen who saw UFOs imbeciles and jerks. Uh, but what about cases that had a little bit more evidence behind it? 
did they hide stuff like that too? And so my whole point in this chapter with Rob's story, which is, a fun, you know, I'm not doing it justice. There's a lot of different facets to it. But uh, the reason that I did this uh, in the book was that it's the, for me, it's the nail in the coffin that Blue Book was not the investigation that we are all led to believe it was. Part of that is common sense, and it's safe to assume. But the other part is this is proof. This was showing that these guys and uh, these investigators that were going out, ranking military officers, how they approached UFOs was a joke. And how they treated fellow airmen. We're not talking about Farmer Bob in the middle of Kansas, even though there's nothing wrong with Farmer Bob in the middle of Kansas. But these are fellow military personnel and they are calling them imbeciles and jerks just because well, they saw UFOs. We can take a look at the, um, the Great Portage County chase, which was open close encounters of the third kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quintanella, who was the chief of Project Blue Book, wasn't even going to bother to go there. It's in Ohio. He's based in Ohio. He wasn't even going to go investigate <laughs> until it was kind of forced on him by the interest expressed by the um, Michigan or the Ohio congressional delegation and the Michigan delegation as well, uh, and talked to him. But you you listen to the or not listen, but read the transcript of the tape of the interview, and it's clear that that he's shown up with an idea. You guys saw Venus. End of story. Yeah. And he's asking the questions to force feed them into this thing, and he's dealing with law enforcement officers. And uh, of course, the upshot was it was so traumatic. The the, the fallout was so traumatic for the police officers that they quit the police force and went different directions. So yeah. there, there's a, there's that downside as well. But but from what you say is, yeah, I've seen the same thing in some of the documents where it's clear that they're not interested in investigating. They're interested in getting an answer. And if you don't have an answer, we'll give it to you. And we expect you to follow the, the line, the company yeah. line there. Yeah. And that was it. It was just solidifying the, the company line. I pulled up the document just so you, so you, uh, so you know exactly what it's at. This is an official report. Uh, for the UFO sighting happened in July of 1969. And the subject of the report written by this uh, Air Force officer, and Rob, by the way, did uh, remove the witness names, but the Eglin Air Force Base, he was from Eglin Air Force Base, his name was Ben Z. Gershatter, or Gershater, depending upon how you want to pronounce it. Um, and, and we decided to leave those names in because the ones that we're investigating are fairly public knowledge. The witnesses uh, we would uh, remove. But anyway, the, the subject was the credulity, imbecility, gullibility, and or hysteria of some jerks of the current under 30 generation. I mean, if you start a research uh, investigative report like that, you know that you're not approaching it unbiased. And and that, to me, was the nail in the coffin that just showed that this company line is a joke. And even though I was a firm believer in that for many, many years before meeting Rob, this was an amazing inside look. And that's just one example. There are a ton of not only case files, even Socorro files that were not in the official uh, Blue Book files, uh, handwritten notes. It's an amazing collection, and I've, I've got it all online for people. Well, I've got the, I've got, Rob sent me the entire Socorro case for when I was doing my book, Encounter in the Desert. So I've got that information in there as well. Yeah. I was going to point out one thing quickly, uh, which struck me is the under 30 generation. Well, I was in Vietnam as a helicopter pilot. I flew flight lead. I did a number of different things. I was 19 years old mm -hmm. at that time. And so the under 30 generation, we were out there fighting the war. Why this clown's at Eglin Air Force Base making fun of his fellow Air Force personnel, which is kind yeah. of annoying. And so good for you for promoting his name. We're going to have to uh, take a break <laughs> here. But, but uh, the one thing I want to do is I had put up on, on the, my blog, uh, if you have questions for John, send them to me uh, in the comments section. I won't post them, but I'll, I'll give John a chance to answer them. So I've got a couple of questions that came in over the transom that way. And it's something I want to do from now on. You know, if you've got a question, post it to my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And when I get the guest on, I'll ask the question. So when we come back, I will ask you a couple of questions that have uh, come in over the transom uh, from people uh -oh. who would like to know what's going on. Oh, it's no big deal, John. Come on, you can do that. You can do that. Uh, the, it's the blackvault.com if you want to take a look at the, some of this stuff. I will be back with John Greenwald right after this.
they're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through trinday.com or amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. I am with John Greenwald, he of The Black Vault and www.theblackvault.com, and the book is Inside the Black Vault, The Government's UFO Secrets Revealed, and you can take a look at that at www.insidetheblackvault.com. When we went away, John, I teased you with the idea that I had gotten a number of questions from people that they wanted me to ask you when I had you on the program here. Yes. So we're going to do that now. Perfect. Uh, One of the guys was worried about your... uh, request to the U.S. intelligence agencies and wondered if you ever feared that they would use their vast resources of their agencies to retaliate for some of the things that you were publishing. You know, it's a great question, and I appreciate the concern. Uh, The short answer is, was I concerned about it? Not really. The more people that saw the documents, I felt that if there ever was any malicious intent, uh, the more people that saw what I was publishing, the better. But honestly, 22 years later, I've never had any issue, not not officially. Um, I've had uh, 18, 19 death threats since I've started. Um, and those are like the, the kind of legitimate ones uh, where I had to get law enforcement involved and stuff like that. Some I could trace, some I could not. But I don't believe that there were any government, um, anything behind the with the government behind all of that. Uh, for the most part, they've been supportive and they somewhat answer my requests, not only the way that I want them to, but they answer nonetheless. So appreciate the concern, but I'm still here 22 years. If something was going to happen, it would have. And l- let me point out, you know, I've had a requirement for a top secret security clearance when I was both in the Air Force and in the Army. And they were well aware of my UFO research. In fact, the um, one of the agents who investigated me for the background investigation for my uh, security clearance had copies of my articles in the file. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was still granted the top secret clearances. So I, I've never experienced anything like that either. So we don't uh, we don't worry about that sort of thing. I, I don't know if they monitor things or not. It, uh, I'm all over the place. They can they can hear it here. I'm not hiding anything. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm under the same way. I, I've got nothing to hide. If they want to look into it, fine, by all means. I I rather them do that, and and yes, sacrifice a little bit of my privacy. But hey, if if I did have malicious intent, I'd want our government to to, to be watching that person. Uh, so hey, I got nothing to hide. I'm an open book. Um. Do you think that the government agencies diligently store records in some Indiana Jones warehouse in big crates, I guess, waiting for a FOIA person to go through them to find the uh, contents for a search request? I struggle with that. I'm not sure what the right answer is. Part of me wants to believe that when you file a FOIA request that they're going to search their whole holdings and it's an honest search and they're going to be honest. 
I think that that's a dream, though, because as we've proven, not, not only on this show, but I can give you quite a few different examples, documents that I know are there are not always found. Now, can you chalk that up to there being an Indiana Jones warehouse or they just are lazy or they just don't know how to search? I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I try and believe that the FOIA does hit those documents, even the classified ones. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll deny it if it's, if it's still properly classified or release it. I want to believe that. Uh, but deep down, I'm sure that there are maybe not a, a, an Indiana Jones warehouse and outside of area 51 that they store all this stuff in, but I'm sure agencies hit a level like the CIA or the NSA, you hit a level that you kind of can't go to, whether you're a FOIA requester or even the FOIA officers within these agencies. So that's probably what I would believe is is the reality of what's going on. Well, let me let me also comment here as as someone who's had to destroy classified material as part of the job is mm -hmm. there comes a point where some documents that you had that are classified are no longer relevant to your mission. Yeah. And so you destroy them. And, and uh, there's a record of the destruction and that sort of thing, so they know where they went. But th there's a lot of material that comes in, into a classified unit or a classified an, uh, arena that must be destroyed at some point. So it's not anything nefarious going on. Sometimes they've destroyed the records in accordance to the proper regulations. So they yeah. may not exist any longer. I, I'm a big advocate for the, they call them records retention schedules for those listening that, that aren't aware that every agency has a records retention schedule. In this day and age with uh, storage units that are so cheap, electronic means of, of, of storing files, even on a classified level, I'm a big advocate for uh, doing away with the destruction of documents on any level, uh, whether they be recent classified and no longer needed, uh, obviously for cover-up purposes uh, if they wanted to do that. But uh, the FBI is notorious for uh, shredding documents that they don't feel are uh, worthy to be kept. And in this day and age, I just I think that that has to that has to go away. I think that our history is very valuable. And again, that's not trying to say that there is a cover up or whatever. What I'm saying is this is all valuable history and it goes into the men and women who are in our armed forces or making political decisions or whatever it is. I think that that's important history that we should preserve. Not to go off on a tangent, but I just hope they go away uh, with those types of practices. But but let, let me also say that that the documents I was destroying was issued by another agency. I was not the issuing agency. So when I yeah. destroy the documents, I'm not destroying the originals. The original I'm destroying documents. copies of the documents that should be held in another arena. Yeah, but sadly, and, the other arena in some cases are destroying them as well. And that's, yes. that's what I mean is unfortunate. And the, and the funny thing is I have a one terabyte hard drive that has a complete copy. Well, it's almost complete copy of the Project Blue Book files mm -hmm. that I can carry around in my pocket. Yeah. And it also has, I think, most of the MUFON journals, the IUR, the APRO Bulletin, and um, NICAP UFO Investigator, not to mention other things. Mm -hmm. uh, last question for you from our friends from out there. Uh, what makes you confident in the reliability of the records? Could those records be an error, poorly done initially by some inept <laughs> bureaucrat, or misleading purposely or accidentally to fool others or the requester? When it comes to the content of the documents themselves and the fact that it does prove a cover-up, in my, in my view, that it does uh, prove a um, concerted effort to conceal the truth behind UFOs, I don't believe that they would uh, fabricate that. I, I believe they would be better served to fabricate documents that, you know, would not maybe not make it obvious that they're fabricating, but fabricate documents that put all of this to bed. In my opinion, quite the opposite occurs. Uh, what they say in a press statement at a press conference or so on completely contradicts what the actual documents say. So if they're in the business of fabricating documents to try and conceal a story, uh, they're failing from uh, from uh, from left to right and top to bottom. I mean, they're not doing a good job. So I don't believe that, that this is fabricated. I think at the end of the day, what I've concluded is not only is there that cover-up and conspiracy to conceal UFOs, but I think at the end of the day, they just don't know what this phenomena is. I use the plural. I believe that there's multiple facets to the phenomena, but I just believe at the end of the day, they don't know, and that's the national security risk. That's what I believe is the most likely uh, explanation for all of this. Some people don't like to hear that. 
They want to know that there's collusion, that aliens are here saving us from nuclear weapons, that they want to give us free energy. Um, look, I've, I've studied for a long time intelligence uh, for multiple documentaries for history, discovery. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but what I'm saying is when I talk to the real experts, for, in my opinion, based on those conversations, an alien race caring about our nuclear weapons or free energy or whatever uh, is is laughable. I think at the end of the day, if these UFOs are connected to extraterrestrials, which is what I outline in the book on why that might be the most plausible explanation, uh, at the end of the day, I think that, uh, that the, the government does not know how to deal with it. They can't combat it. They can't communicate with it. Uh, it will go and come as it pleases, go wherever it wants. Uh, that's what I think is the most likely scenario. And uh, to, to think that aliens are here to save us, I think, is a pipe dream. Quickly, because I have a minute left. Sure. MJ-12. If there was any, if there is any truth to it, and I and I don't know, I don't have a yes or no answer. If there's any truth to it, the original documents that surfaces are probably going to be your real documents, and everything that has come thereafter. And there's like hundreds of documents that have come around. And I'm not trying to take away from the research of the woods, um, but I think that that muddies the water at that point to not be able uh, to give a yes or no. So I think if there is truth to it, those original ones that have come out. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. It, that's a, it's a stretch for me to say yes. I believe MJ is uh, 12 is, is, is solid. Uh, I just, I, I don't have enough proof to say that in my mind. Well, that, I, that allows me to say I just updated the book uh, Case MJ12, where I come to a conclusion that the documents, all of them, are fabricated. Mm -hmm. And I found the real majestic document. It's a document labeled Top Secret Majestic, and it uh, deals with the logistics of supporting an attack from the Soviet Union uh, through the Folta Gap in Europe. It's a logistics to counter that. So the, wow. there is a majestic document, but it has nothing to do with UFOs. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to see that. And, and that's what I think, th those are the discoveries that I think have to be made to either uh, solidify that this was um, proof of something or uh, what it sounds like you're saying is solidify that it's a hoax. And, and, and that doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you. I'll I'll try to uh, email you a copy of uh, the four. I think it's like a four-page document, and so you can take a look at that. Yeah, John sure. Greenwald, thank you for joining me here on a different perspective. The website is www.theblackvault.com. The book is Inside the Black Vault: The Government UFO Secrets Revealed, and you can learn more about that at www.insidetheblackvault.com. John, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. We will be back next week, believe it or not, with um, Larry Holcomb, who's going to tell us about the UFOs and the president in the book uh, that he has written about that. If you have questions for him, uh, visit me at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Uh, send a comment. Those are moderated, so they don't appear automatically at the end of the column. They they show up uh, to me personally, and then I can uh, either delete them or send them off. If uh, we get some good comments, I'll read them on the air. We'll see if we can't get uh, some answers from Larry Holcomb about his book about presidents and the UFO. And I venture to say that George Washington will not be among the presidents who had a UFO experience. I will be back in 167 hours with another edition of A Different Perspective. Take a look at Roswell in the 20 21st century and encounters in the desert about Socorro because this is the 24th. We will be back next week. Thank you. If you are looking for a safe zero calorie natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, just like sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.